Hey guys, welcome to the Unleash podcast brought to you by Hidden Gen, where we talk about how to unleash your hidden potential. I'm your host, Yuri Diorgens, and we have a great episode for you today with featuring Omar Aguirre. Thank you, Omar, for being on today. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely, my friend. Uh, before we jump into today's topic, let's uh, uh, remind you to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Also, you can find these uh, episodes uh, on our Hidden Gen website, hiddengen.net. And if you live in the area and you have not been at uh, Hidden Gen yet, make sure to uh, visit hiddengen.net and grab a f free trial press. Uh, again, hiddengen.net. All right, Omar. Um, so let's talk about business. Uh, looks like you are, according to Greg, ec extremely successful. Uh, um, <laughs> in the business uh, of fitness for many years. So give us a little bit background about that. Yeah, I don't know about successful, but I, I think <laughs> I've survived some, some uh, decades, if you will. I actually started in the industry in the early to middle 90s. Uh, I came out of school trying to identify what I wanted to do, and I found passion for fitness. I, I, I did like most people and went and got certified and started working in the uh, in the gyms. Uh, probably pretty typical back then was cleaning floors, racking weights, and spotting people because at the time when I started, uh, personal training wasn't a big thing yet, you know, especially in commercial gyms. Uh, you had independent trainers and then you had people that worked for the gym that just kind of helped out. Is that the, the early uh, 2000 or even uh, before? Actually, this was 1992, 93. Oh, okay. So way back then. Yeah, man. Way back when in Dallas, we had the original Gold's Gym. And Bally's was a big player back then. Uh, actually, President's Health Club. I think it was the, the main club before Bally's kicked in. So, yeah, I, I'm aging myself. But, yeah, I've been around for a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, stayed with the industry. And just uh, I was one of the lucky few that... Uh, was part of an acquisition when 24-Hour Fitness first came into town with their inception with clubs, and they acquired the the original five Gold's, Gold's Gym clubs that we had, and, and I I, uh, I was able to onboard with them and just kind of, I grew my career through 24, um, had the privilege to work for them for approximately 22 years. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I did pretty much everything. Um, at, at sometimes I was a janitor, you know, sometimes I was a GM. And well, but in those 22 years, uh, you were like the GM for the business? Yeah, I played many roles with the company. Uh, part of it was on the fitness side. You know, when, when, when you evolved in the fitness industry, you basically had two pathways. One was you were on the fitness side of the house or you were on the sales side of the house. And I had the opportunity to, to be able to dabble in both. Um, did the, the initial majority of my career, the first 10 years I did uh, on the fitness side of the house as a fitness manager, fitness operator, um, regional educator, and then eventually transitioned over to the management side on the sales side and eventually club operation. Nice. Uh, it's a very interesting background for sure. So perhaps we can talk about uh, the huge discrepancy that we have, for example, in, in, in price for, for gym membership. I mean, we see some gyms that charge over 100 and then you have gyms that is uh, 
and I'm I'm talking about like the same standard format type of jeans. I'm not talking about small jeans. I'm talking about big ones that charge ten dollars a month. I'm like, how can you do that uh, in such a huge infrastructure? And you probably know which one I'm talking about. Sure, but sure. It's like uh, it's incredible. How how do these people survive with ten dollars a month? You know, man. You know, it's a value game. You know, there's there's. The consumer has totally changed with the expectations of what gyms used to be. And and I think that, you know, the, the players that came into the market in the early 2000s, um, initially people didn't listen. You know, people, people that were in the gym business didn't see them as a threat and they didn't think that they could coexist. And obviously as the years went by, they they took a big footprint of what was available to consumers and consumers bought in. Uh, the consumer, you know, the members have, have decided, they, they had the final say, right? They decided that it was okay to pay $10 versus paying for a prestigious price point for, for a club. But they were getting the same amenities and sometimes even better. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's unbelievable here. Yeah. And, and but it's still they 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 do coexist, and I think that what really differentiates is really the clientele. Because I have here in the radius of probably five miles, I have from ten dollars to like more than for one twenty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and they are all full. You know, yeah, a lot of lot of right. people in, for both for both audience. Well, you know, I would say, especially lately, um, you know, I, I, I work on the tech side now of, of the industry, and I'm privy to a lot more information than I, than I had when I was in, in club operations. And one of the things that we've identified is that the consumer has changed. The consumer has decided that they wanted fitness on their terms, especially coming out of COVID, uh, where it, we really learned what, what it could do to your, to your mental state, to your health. And so people came back strong and they decided that they wanted fitness on their terms. And, and you see it in the clubs now. You have clubs that might have struggled going into COVID that 2019 year that now are coming out of this, you know, a whole lot better where they're having more workouts. They have more member engagement. Uh, but a lot of it also comes back to how they provide their services to, to you know, to, to the members. Yeah, talking about COVID, was that probably the most challenge uh, time for you since you you own the gym business and in a lot of gyms here on the FDAP they actually closed and they some didn't never open again. Man, that was hard for the entire industry. Uh, at the time, as I was going through it, I was actually working with the Cowboys Fit franchise, and unfortunately, like many clubs, we had to shut down and lay off people. And so it was an impact that had ripple effects. You had people that worked for the industry that, you know, maybe maybe got a bad taste of it because of that, and they chose other professions. So we lost a lot of people that were, you know, immersed. And and as you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to be in the fitness industry as it goes. You know, you have to put in a lot of hours, and there's a lot of work behind it to be able to support the the business and be able to grow it. And once we lost that, that, that um, those employees, a lot of them didn't come back. And we see it now with, with personal trainers. It's a lot harder to identify and find good trainers to come and work in our facilities because a lot of them got a taste of what it was like to be independent. 
or maybe they went virtual and they had different offerings that weren't available to them before and some of them succeeded uh, some of them obviously did not but you know it definitely had an impact in post-covid for the clubs yeah i think for the trainers many trainers they just figure out how to as you said be independent make money as a online coach or doing things online um because they through COVID, without the gyms, they still have to make money. So now they, they built up an entire online clientele and like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it comes in waves, you know. Some people do very well with it, but the majority the majority still struggle. That's I'm a, I'm a proponent to clubs and people get an experience in health clubs because there's a lot that you can learn from being in that environment that can teach you to be independent. Um, you know, and it's a different world. We live through this social media aspect where there's so many influences that happen from a personal training perspective. I mean, the reality is everybody thinks they're a coach now. And, you know, and not to take away from what they bring to the table, but, you know, yeah. somebody puts a, a great Instagram feed and all of a sudden they know everything. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, the, the, the art of, of teaching people how to do what to do when to do sometimes it gets lost yeah there. no and, and i fully agree i although i do have my own uh home gym in my garage that i built over the years uh, even before covid i was already building mine because i likes sometimes it saves me time uh, for to commute and and things like that uh but the social interaction is something that we realize we actually need it uh not oh only God to go there and lift weight, but to socialize. You're a hundred percent. I'm like you, I have my own gym set up. Um, I, I, do, I do a sport called triathlon and I do Ironman specifically for, for sport. And you know, it, it takes a lot of time and effort into doing things. So I have, I have a full gym set up, full rig set up, you know, and I have my bikes in there and my treadmill and all this stuff that I use for training. But the one component that I cannot bring in house is the socialization. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's something to be said about being a part of something. And I think that's the, sometimes we refer to it as the vibe, yeah. right? Uh, that draws you into that environment where you want to be a part of something. You, you have a sense of belonging. And a lot of that you can't get at home, regardless of whether you do virtual mm -hmm. or not. It's, it's that feeling of either being in the gym, lifting weights, crushing it, or being in a class setting where you're around a whole bunch of your peers and, and just getting after it together. Yeah. So, and and, know, and for really extrovert people, even more, because introverts, they like to be by uh, alone and things like that. But for extrovert people, they, they suffer a lot through COVID. And uh, the gym is a way for them to you know, motivate uh, with, uh, through other people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously it doesn't just impact you physically, but mentally and emotionally. There's there's a sense of disconnect when you're not around that that environment. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Like we um, we've identified that uh, people want to connect, and and technology has allowed us now to be able to do that for the club setting, even though the people aren't present in the club. Uh, my point with that is. When you think of like, think of like how we function day to day, right? We do everything through mm -hmm. our phone. None of us write checks anymore. You know, we, we, a lot of times do stuff online. We order, we buy, we shop, everything gets delivered. So the convenience factor is always there. The clubs that have adopted that mindset are the ones that are really thriving. Um, there's apps galore nowadays, right? Where everybody has an app for something. Yeah. 
And realistically, even though people that are, let's say, hitting the gym, people that are in the club working out, they're using some kind of app to get their information on what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. So the clubs that have adopted the technology factor are actually the ones that are, are having success because they can offer a way for people to connect, whether it's in the club or outside of the club, still to the club itself, but they don't have to be present. Mm. And that's where the wind is now because the consumer, as you know, I mean, here I am a guy that's about to be 50 and I started in the gym industry when I was like 19. Well, all these kids that were born in the early 2000s, they grew up with technology. That's all they know. So for them, they're the ones that are like, hey, I got to have this stuff. Otherwise, this is in the space yeah, for Yeah, it's like, first question is, oh, there's an app for that? What is the app for that? What, yeah, oh, what yeah, is the right. app for that? Or, or this, can, can, can I track my stuff on my watch? Yeah. Like, you know, or how am I going to track all this? Like, yeah, man, technology has definitely been the uh, the catalyst for, for what is the future of fitness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I appreciate technology, but again, there is a, a big value on on the in-person experience you know tapping yes. your back you know talking see uh just that feeling uh natural feeling you are when you are pumping idle and someone is screaming at you to motivate you i mean there is there's nothing <laughs> like that you know you cannot replicate yeah. that virtually it's just impossible no i i totally agree i think that just in general, you know, gyms are always going to be a necessity, regardless of what happens as, as we move past this COVID era. Uh, gyms are a necessity for people to interact and have socialization because it's no different than the guy that goes to the bar to look for that connection, right? Yeah. Uh, the gym does that for a lot of us that grew up as part of this. And the reality is those of us that grew up in the gym atmosphere have transitioned that to our kids and our kids expect that it's part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's a lot different than what it was with our parents, right? Our parents didn't grow up with that stuff. Um, you know, obviously, I'm speaking in terms of, of the, the people in my, my population, but uh, it, for them, it was go to work and, and socialize at home. For us, a lot of it was just, you know, how does the gym connect us to what we do day to day in our lives? Yeah, that's that for sure. It, it, it was interesting through COVID, people were getting extremely creative uh, to, to try to keep moving on and at the same time try to socialize. I've, I remember right in the peak, people doing uh, 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 running marathons uh, uh, virtually and taking pictures like, like they yeah. were part of the same group. It was so funny. Uh, very creative, but... <laughs> hey, but I will say this though, that was the group that was like, I got to keep doing something. The other half went the opposite way, right? Because they were using the gym as their accountability yeah. factor, their accountability partner. Man, those people fell off the wayside. Those people just like adding on some extra keyboards. Yeah, actually, right? that's a great point because uh, the number of people that actually gain weight is much bigger than the number of people that got fit for COVID. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it impacted everybody. And I think some of those people are still coming out of it. But, you know, that's another great point. The gym does become your your accountability partner sometimes, you know. Maybe you're not using it consistently, but it's always in the back of your mind. You got to think like, hey, man, I got to hit the gym at some point because I don't feel good about myself. And we were, I mean, we, when I say we, is uh, the, the, the 
Texas, uh, the state of Texas, is uh, we were pretty privileged that we we were in lockdowns for not so long compared to other states. Uh, I, uh, yeah. we, we opened up the gyms with restrictions of masks and a bunch of stuff, but we did open up way earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to work with the New York market, and a lot of those guys, even going into this year, were still dealing with a lot of the policies that were holding them back from being able to move forward. Oh, six months ago, I think. Yeah, because we are already in, in April. Uh, probably six months ago, I was talking to a friend in Ireland, uh, in, and he lives in Dublin, and he was like, no, the gyms are still closed here. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Right. right? Yeah, it's just it's it's inconsistent across the board, but you know, in the end, we're all responsible for our own health. So, uh, hopefully, people took heed to what what COVID did for us and and understand that fitness is a thing that should never go away, and you should always have it at the at the forefront where you're taking action to to make a better version. But at the same time, I think there was uh, another group, the group that wanted to keep moving on, and and that's where we saw a lot of growth in home gyms a lot of people invest in home gym equipment there was a huge boost of people i remember in the peak i was not able to find dumbbells i wasn't able to find anything because it was so loud yeah. <laughs> or they were so overpriced right you're like ah, i'll yeah. wait yeah well it's the same thing with peloton right look what happened with peloton i mean their sales skyrocketed people that have never ridden bikes before were like hey i'm gonna give it a try because it's something to do at right. home right yeah, it, it's like anything else, and you are on this business for a long time, you probably know uh, it's cliche, but it's true. I mean, in every crisis, you find opportunities. Definitely. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the clubs, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of clubs didn't survive, and that was an opportunity for people to be able to go in and occupy spaces and grow their own brand. And so something good did come out of it. Unfortunately for some, it, it didn't. It didn't turn out well, but you know, other other new players came into the into the area and they had opportunity to be able to create growth and be able to expand their brand. How did you do personally? I mean, through that time, as far as uh, where you were working, did you have uh, some to to do some reduced amount of hours? How how did you handle that? No, you know, so I was fortunate to be with a company that held held on to the leadership team for uh, as long as they could. And eventually I did fall into the circumstances and obviously I, I lost my employment with, with my company. And so I had to rethink of what I wanted to do next. Yeah, but and was that in 2020 thing, or 2021? Uh, this is 2020. Uh, what are we, 2022? Yeah. So the middle part of 2020. Oh, so it was right at the beginning. Yeah, like as soon as, you know, we we shut our clubs down in March, right. I believe, and then actually I sustained employment through the rest of the year, but we were shut down. There was really nothing for us to do, so my my employer was gracious enough to keep us on the payroll, and then after that, obviously, there was nothing else that, that could happen at that point, and, and I lost it. But the one thing that, that I understood was that all this was going to come back fold. I just needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I just reverted back to what I knew. I went back to training and picked up some clients and, and just did some coaching. And, you know, it was nice. It was a nice break. Uh, but you can't sustain that lifestyle when, when you're used to living a certain way. So eventually I had to try to find a way to get back into Did something. you ever think it would and, take so long to come back? 
Uh, you know, I just didn't know. I don't think I was in, under that pressure. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to, to not have to work, but um, I was fortunate to transition to where I am now, which is a, a whole different side of the business. But um, yeah, man, I just, I just didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it it was it was huge. I I remember twenty twenty was a was a really, and it was really sad to see because I I knew uh, some gin owners that that was their life, like small gyms, right? They, that was the the yeah. the, the, the owner's life, all invested in there, and now had to close the door, no incoming. I mean, it was tough to see it. Not only here, but I'm Man. originally from Brazil, and in Brazil I saw. People really losing their minds. Man, it's such a trickle effect because, you know, not just the gym owners, but, you know, you had vendors, you had uh, landlords that weren't getting paid. I mean, it was it was across the board. It was brutal. Yeah. Do you think that we are already back uh, uh, to a better state that we were when the whole thing started? Uh, from a financial standpoint, yes. Uh, across the board. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm privy to different information that club owners, operators probably don't get all the time. But for the most part, our numbers across the board in the industry are way better. Not yet to 2019 pre-COVID. Oh, really? Not there yet? Not there yet. There's still room for some growth there. But for prior year numbers, we're crushing it. Across the board, everyone that is sustaining business is doing well their numbers are up membership enrollments are up you know people want to get back mm -hmm. to fitness um you know a lot of the a lot of the precautionary stuff has been put in place and people have taken but action. when you say those when you mention those numbers are you talking about texas or united states oh uh, this is across okay. the u.s yeah yeah the numbers look great for the industry people are doing well and you know the consumers are responding and You know, just, just club owners have to be mindful that, you know, this thing could break at any point. Again? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, because you never know, right? I mean, a lot of it is predicated with what the government allows us to do or not. So, you know, club owners right now have to adapt to, to different ways of doing business so that they can keep engagement up. If, if something was to happen and everything was to shut down, there has to be a way for club owners to still connect with their members Uh, yeah, Hidden Gym does it, man. They're utilizing a platform that allows those members to stay connected to the gym without them being present. Not that they don't want to be there, but if something was to falter, they at least have a way to keep that business flow going. Yeah, it's interesting because I work, I personally work in the technology field, and uh, there is a joke that says, uh, what really made your company to invest more in technology? It was a bigger budget from the CEO, it was this, that, and they was like, no, it was COVID. So COVID actually yeah. <laughs> accelerates the, the, the information technology updates that were pending for years. Yeah, 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 right? Nobody wanted to listen, and now everybody's like, ah, how do I get yeah. this stuff? Companies that were that didn't even have website, they were like, oh my God, I have to invest on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, but it's it's a value, right? So they have to understand that there's a value for, a perceived value for the investment and that they're going to get a return on it. And sometimes sometimes people are tunnel vision, man. They just don't see a different way to do things because they're stuck in the old ways. And, you know, unfortunately, 
as as we know, if you don't adapt, you die. So you have to continue to, to evolve. I would say that it's not only a matter of being stuck on the other ways. It's more not trying to be creative and not trying to make change uh, because some people really get into that comfort zone. Well, this is my business. This is how I run and that's it. They don't try to innovate. So when they don't try sure. to innovate and something like this happens, they have no creativity to do anything. You know, it's so different than the client that uh, wanted to lose weight and wanted to be active, but they didn't do anything until they got really sick. And then they were forced to make a change, yeah. right? And then it's like, oh, how do I make this right. change? Uh, so we all have to we all have to make sure that that we continue to at least be open minded to think that there's other things that we could do to make the business. Yeah, if grow. you think about companies that really did well, and you start looking to the background of that company they were always uh, trying to innovate. They were always trying to bring something new. Many companies that uh, did well, they already had online presence and probably even uh, online classes and some type of interaction with their members. Right. So when, they, when the whole thing happened, they already had an infrastructure ready. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, another thing that, that I think is, is big right now and, you know, it's, it's kind of been transitioning in the industry. When we talk about mental health and how we convey that message to people that it's not just about your body and your body image and how strong you are, but also how well you take care of, of that, that mental health, the mental mm -hmm. stress. Uh, there's clubs that are adapting that, that mindset and they're adding or integrating different Uh, components or amenities within their clubs to allow for that, you know, and I think that's yeah. huge because as you, as you know, you know, the, the generation that's coming in behind us or the current one, they're a lot more connected to how things are when it comes to that, that realm versus we, we grew up with, you just got to tough it up and like, you know, make, make it through it, whatever that might be. And the new generation doesn't have that mindset. They, they're very aware that, You need to be conscious of, of how you take care of yourself mentally. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and and and, and it's interesting that you're saying that some genes are already invest on this. I didn't know about that. Yeah, man, it's an, I think it's the next way that's coming. Obviously, you're seeing recovery lounges that are available in different clubs. Uh, I think I'm a big proponent of recovery. Recovery is so huge. What is a recovery lounge? That's what allows what, people, what is that? So. A recovery lounge varies in different clubs. Some clubs offer... Oh, like recovery, like physical or, recovery, not, not mental. No, well, there's, there's components and now that are starting to come out in the industry where some tech is involved, where it's allowing for more of the mental state of, of uh, being, you know, thinking of, of different ways that you can interact within your workouts. Mm -hmm. You think about coaching, right? Coaching now... There's, there's, there's applicable methods that we use in coaching to make sure that people are aware of their mental state and maybe allowing or allocating time for them to have some, maybe some, some downtime on tech, you know, don't be on your phone before you go to bed or, uh, you know, spend some time meditating, you know, all these components are important, but sometimes we take them for granted because we're on the grind every day and just not really slowing down. That, to that's take, huge. To take Clubs that are invest on this. And as you said, is the next big thing i think that this will be a big differentiating factor for a member that will say why well, i'm gonna pay more in this club if the as far as the the core equipments are the same then you start to look at the extras right the recovery room the mental state all those things i think is, are, are a great idea 
Yeah, man. I'm telling you, the consumer is changing. You know, it's not it's not status quo what used to be and what the expectation was. People really want more out of their gym offering, and they're asking for it. You know, and and the ones that are adapting to it a lot faster are obviously going to. Now, since you're in the industry for such a long time, do you also see? uh, change as far as uh, the age group uh, because back in the day it was more young but now you see a lot of people like on, on the 40, 50, 60s going to the gym as well, right? It's so funny you say that now. It's actually the millennial that's the biggest consumer that's coming into the gyms. And, and you know, and I can't tell you exactly why but I do think that they're a lot more engaged with the expectation of what fitness should be because it's not just about lifting weights for them it's an interaction of everything whether it's you know health health mind body uh doing uh classes for relaxation or doing yoga or whatever that might be right there's an interaction that's happening right now with millennials where they're participating at the highest clip but don't you also think that that the amount of seniors visiting the gym is is bigger than it was in the past uh, man, you know, I, I don't know the specifics, but I do know that there's a lot more awareness. Uh, and, you know, that, that population also, um, it, it's a social yes. aspect for them, Absolutely. right? More so yep. than anyone, because for that, for that retiree, for a lot of them, they exited the workforce. And for them, they need to have things that mm. help occupy that mind because, they can't just sit at home and not have anything to do. They got to be able to engage and interact with others uh, so that they feel like there's yeah, a social I know some, aspect some of life. Some seniors that they go to the gym and they probably work out for for like 30, 30 minutes, but Five they are hours? there for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but it's cool though because yeah. it's no, it is it's right? awesome, you know, because they know I mean they they yeah. they sit close to each other and they ride the bike. I mean, at the same time that they are talking, they are exercising. So it's it's awesome, you know. Dude, when I was in my clubs, I would go to my senior people yeah. because they would tell you everything. They tell you like. What the hell is actually happening in your club that you don't know what's going on? That's you know, very what, true. What's, what's up <laughs> they with know the, everyone. The <laughs> and they'll tell you the Yeah, truth. that's a great observation. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that uh, is a, a really healthy environment. Uh, and, and before we close, because we are on time here, we, what, are you, what do you think about this also trends that kind of uh, create with this gene? that talks about uh, no judgment zone. I mean, there is a, 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 a certain gyms that talk, oh, this is no judgment zone. You also cannot lift it too heavy, to not intimidate other people. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the, there's a space for everyone in fitness. And, you know, that, that, that's a personal thing. I, I don't think that that gravitates towards a guy like me. That likes to live heavy and drop weights and all that, but there is that population that needs that type of environment so that they feel welcome. And it's a first initial they don't, step. That's a great point because I don't think that they stay there for too long. I think and they I go there right? I mean, and but, but, they feel safe, but then they feel like in order for them to really unleash and to really go to the next level, that's not the place for them. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things where you kind of graduate. And it's so different than it was maybe for us when we had our first gym experience. And, you know, that sets a presence for what you're going to do moving forward. 
if you become engaged and that becomes part of your culture, then you just gravitate towards that stuff because it gives you that feeling of connection. And, and for those people, they just need a, they just need a starting point, you know, whether it's, it's a place like that, that just allows them to get that first initial experience where it doesn't crush them and they feel like they can never come back to, uh, and then they can graduate to other things. It must be working because they are opening one close to my house and they have a bunch of, (laughs) Hey man, let me tell you something about that company. That company is crushing it. They enroll at such a high clip. And you know, the thing with that company, man, they do a lot of online business. The rest of us can take some learning from that company because we might not think of them as like the the cool savvy hip place to go to, but man, they do they know how to they know yeah. how to sell some units, man. They they figured it out, low threshold, low overhead, but they can get some units in the door and, and obviously as a business. No, you're right. You make it's it's a good point. It's a it's a definitely different uh, type of environment, but it is a market for it and they are expanding they continue to grow so kudos to them right yeah yeah hey for 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 us right as long as the entire industry continues to do well that's what we want because we want to have spaces available for people to be able to go in and change and save their lives you know uh for me as a guy that's in the tech side of the business uh i i want everyone to thrive because it's beneficial for our company and obviously we can stay around and help others be able to grow Omar, that was a very good conversation. Uh, thank you very much. Greg was right. You uh, have a lot of knowledge on this field, and uh, it was very good to, to, to listen to your perspective. So I, I really appreciate your time. Oh, brother, I appreciate you having me on. And for anyone that needs help, <laughs> call me. <laughs> awesome, Omar. Take care, my friend.